DIY flops are only funny if it's something that you're trying from Pinterest. We've all seen Pinterest fails and recipe flops, and there's even a whole Netflix series about this, and, and we laugh at it, right? Why? Because DIY projects are usually a lot harder to execute flawlessly than they look. You provide a process, it looks really simple and easy, there's a great picture, and you think, oh, I could do that. And then yours looks like the series version of a Pinterest flop. Well, the same goes for learning products. It's easy to scroll through Pinterest. You can be overly confident in your abilities. And it's just as easy to think, I have an idea for a learning product. There's lots of people making courses. I can totally do that. But the difference between a failed Pinterest tutorial and a flopped learning product is massive. If your DIY Pinterest project fails, you just have an entertaining story and you have some photos and something to laugh at. But if your DIY learning product flops, you have a product that doesn't help your learners, you've lost a ton of your time creating something, you've probably lost money in purchasing images or buying equipment or hiring people to support you with executing this project. And I see this as a really core problem with a lot of learning products in the market on the internet today. Creating courses and programs for your brand can be a massive undertaking, which could take years. The guests on your Greatest Work podcast have poured their heart, their soul, their finances into creating amazing products for their business with the intention of reaching more people, generating more income, spending less time while generating that income, and achieving success in all of its forms. Let's welcome today's guest as we discuss their challenges, joys, and ambitions to transform lives with their learning offer. You can't generate passive income with integrity until your offer is truly transformational and you can prove that it gets results for your clients. Clients are done with crummy courses and we're gonna talk about how to make your greatest work. I'm your host, Manya Horner. Some traits which were formerly a negative in my life, such as attention to detail, out-of-the-box thinking, yearning to do things differently, and dreaming bigger than anyone around me, these used to be my shame, but now they're my greatest asset. Prepare for an intelligent conversation with people who are open for feedback and exercising humility as they continue in this pursuit of lifelong learning. Grab a notebook and capture some strategies that you can implement right away in the next iteration of your course. They're all DIY products. They don't have the expert advice underpinning the strategy of the learning, and it shows. Let's break this down. What's the issue? Why does this matter? And what can you do to avoid it? Before I dive too deep, let me just preface and stress that I'm not critical of all DIY learning products. I have my own course that teaches people how to create their own learning offer. I think you can do it, but I'm critical of the DIY learning products that aren't effective, that don't work for audiences, and that are undermining the reputation of you, the person creating the learning, and then this ripples out and starts to undermine the reputation of the entire market consumers start to become way more wary of what they're buying and they're hesitant to buy your learning product because they're just, they've been burned before. And so they're a lot more hesitant. Let's just pause for a second and define what is a learning product. I'm using this term because learning products come 
in more shapes and sizes and in more varieties and in really creative packages and containers. And this is great. There are very valid reasons for the variety of forms of learning products and offers because everyone creates and should create a learning product with their own format that's based on the content they have in their own brain and their own experiences. And it should be created specially based on the context of your students' needs. So the delivery format should be different, and that's good. Typically, learning products can be defined as online digital courses, memberships or subscriptions, coaching programs, live training that's delivered by a coach or a consultant or a facilitator, executive training, corporate workshops, conferences, summits, etc. The list goes on. Basically, if you're creating something to teach people something, you're likely working on a learning product. So how do you create a learning product? Is it really that hard? Definitions aside, the real core of learning products is their development process. And yes, it is a process. And yes, it is time-consuming. And yes, it takes a lot of perseverance to continue through until you've finished a course. Trust me, I've made a lot of learning and it always is a push to the finish. And equally, it's a push to make sure that you're including a lot of rigor along the way. So I've developed the Boost Method of Learning Design for this purpose. It's a rigorous process. Yes, it's probably a little bit more so than other products on the market or other courses on the market because I base it very heavily on the research at the front of the process. The background research on the needs of your learner is focused on skill, knowledge, confidence, and mindset. When you're asking questions and doing that initial validating research, you have to ask more than just, what do you want? What's the end result you want? You have to find out where are they starting? Where are they coming to you in the area of their skill and their knowledge and their confidence? Because where they're starting is equally important as where they want to go. So first, you have to clearly define the outcomes of your learning product. You have to ensure that learners have a very clear journey from this point A, where they are right now, to point B. This is the end of the journey of this learning offer. And you have to make sure that this journey fits whatever learning model you want to deliver your learning in. So if it's an online course, it's a lot easier if it's something that can be completed in a shorter time frame. A membership or a subscription might be something where the journey is a little longer and you wanna take people step-by-step through a journey over a longer period of time. Typically training workshops that happen in a live setting like corporate, or at a conference, these are much shorter and you're focused on maybe one specific skill. You can think about how to sustain that learning after people have left with you to touch base and reinforce and make sure that it's continuing to work. But you have to have a very clear starting and ending. Here, let me give you an example. Just because everybody um, who's joining your program wants to have six-pack abs, that doesn't mean they're all starting at the same place. Some people may have never been to the gym or may have never planned out nutrition or have, you know, are, are starting with a different body mass index or body type. Not everybody is going to get to the final destination in the same way at the same time. So you have to be very conscious of this. I actually spoke with somebody a couple of days ago and they said, well, why do I need to be conscious of where people are at the start coming in? They all want the same outcome. 
I'm like, yeah, but this was a technical training. I said, yes, but every person is going to have a different competence and confidence when it comes to working on this particular topic that they were. So you need to pre-qualify people better and assess them as they're coming into your program or into your course to make sure that you've got the right people coming in. So this background research that you do is really critical. So you have to recognize that not every learner has the same starting place, even though they may have the same desired outcome. So your learning can't be one size fits all for every person in your target market. After all, every learner is going to approach this common outcome from a different skill set, a different experience base, a different level of confidence, and a different mindset. And of course, as you're doing all of this, you now have to think about creating a whole system around your learning that encourages accountability helps to measure people's success, has moments of celebration, and maybe even gamification to keep your students motivated, enjoying the program and recognizing their progress. Because without these pieces, you're just not even sure, and you can't ensure the success of your product. You're not even sure if people have learned anything if there's no way to measure. Oh yes, so then also within this, your learning product should have adult learning principles embedded And it should have appropriate learning activities to support this intended learning outcome. So if you're trying to develop a skill at a, you know, a live facilitated workshop, what activities are you including in that workshop to get people practicing a skill, to get them trying, receiving feedback, recognizing if something's working or if it's not, and making improvements to continue to practice? You can't just lecture at somebody and expect them to develop a skill. It just won't work. So as you're figuring out the learning activities, you also have to figure out which technology to use. There's so many education technologies. These are known as learning management systems or content management systems, and they're widely available. The options are expanding constantly, and every technology has its own buffet of bells and whistles that may or may not be necessary for you and for your learners. And then finally, you have to test this all out and then iterate. And while you're piloting your learning product, you need to intentionally collect feedback and testimonials. If you let this feedback opportunity go to waste, you'll regret it. This pilot is a special time for solidifying the success of your learning product going forward. And this last bit that I just spoke of is just a brief overview of the full process of the Boost method of learning design. And in summary, the point of this is to help you have a system to create a high quality learning product. And it's hard to do if you don't have a system and if you don't have some guidance along the way. So why is hiring out your learning product design beneficial? If you design a learning product without a thorough method, you're just literally, it's like building a house without having any drawings or plans. It's confusing, you lack clarity, it ends up being scattered, and it takes way more time. And building a learning product, even with a clear plan, takes a ton of time. And however long you're thinking it may take you, you should probably double that at least. Because for every one hour of finished learning, you can expect to spend about 40 hours researching, designing, editing, revising, testing, and delivering. I've had people say, no, that's that can't be, that's not true. But this is a formula that we always used whenever we're pricing out learning. So if you're wondering, well, it's just a one-hour training, why are you billing me for at least 40 hours? This is why. 
takes a lot of time, my friend, and I don't know a single CEO who has that time to build a learning product for themselves. But I do know, and I've been meeting recently, a lot of CEOs who think that they have the time for this. For entrepreneurs, it becomes a gray area. You end up putting so much effort into exploring and creating a learning product that the rest of your work begins to waver, or you never get that learning product off the ground. You might plan it, you might start it and dream about it, but it never gets finished and to market. And if you're thinking that this doesn't apply to you because you have a team of people um, working with you, that's great. Your team is probably absolutely wonderful, but they likely don't have the specialized skill set in adult learning theory. Your team probably isn't made up of learning experience designers or instructional designers or even developers. So collaborating on the learning product strategy with an expert can be immensely beneficial because you can then know you're creating a high quality learning product and it will save you time, it'll save you money and effort. And just think about it. You wouldn't try to code a new DIY, you know, SaaS product, or you wouldn't try to manufacture a DIY electronic device. If you decided you wanted to, you know, have a t-shirt business, you probably aren't sewing the t-shirts. You wouldn't do this unless you were skilled or trained in that area. And the same goes for learning products. DIY isn't always the best path to success. Hiring a skilled, trained learning strategist will take the guesswork out of everything. They can guide the project. They can provide effective designs and plans and connect you even with skilled developers to make this thing market ready. And We can work with your team to help gather the intellectual property that's in your business, that's in your brain, which is the bedrock of your new product. You provide the students and we will help you create and test the learning and tweak it based on feedback. How do you think big companies do it? They hire learning designers. They hire learning strategists. And if you're a CEO, you know that you need to spend money to make money in the business world. So if you're considering developing a learning product, it's time to consult with a learning specialist. And that's where Boost LD comes in. We would love to work with you and help you bring your idea to life in an effective and engaging way. Thank you for listening. Please share, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and better yet, connect on social media. It can feel really isolating talking into this mic. It's tough for an extrovert like me. So please send me a message and let me know what you think of the show. I welcome feedback and ideas because I too am always learning from you. Thank you.